everybody. Welcome to Camel Sea Chat. I'm John McPherson, and I'm here with Sheriff huh. Bobby Kimbrough, and we're going to have a great chat. We've, we've already talked probably about 20 minutes, and I'm excited to share some of this, uh, these insights with you as, as you learn more about the sheriff, as, as I have, and uh, just a great guy, and uh, we're going to learn about um, what his plans are and, and, and where uh, his department's going and all that kind of stuff, and so welcome to the chat, sir. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being here. It's a... You know, it's really funny. Um, we we have a, a mutual friend, uh, the guy that was I was in his wedding. I don't know if you knew that. I was in Danny's wedding, no. and Danny's son was my ring bearer. Wow! Didn't so know that. We've we've known each other for a while, and, and I'm like, I need to I want to talk to the sheriff. And he's like, Well, let me let me give you the lady's name to talk to, and then I guess you did something for the uh, uh, realtors, and uh, Susan Jester lined that up, and she said, Let me give you uh, you know Alicia's name, and so then. Um, I'm on the phone with the, the head basketball coach for the ladies over there at, at Winston State. I'm like, can you hold on one second? Sheriff, Sheriff, wait. And so uh, you were so kind to agree to do this. And of so, course. Uh, um, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to hear all the stuff that you've already told me on tape now. Yeah. It's just, uh, you're, you're a very interesting person. Well, thank you. So you know what question one is? Where you're from and how long you've been in Winston? Well, I'm originally from Winston-Salem. I was born and raised in Winston-Salem. I uh, spent my... Um, First several years growing up here uh, and born in Happy Hill Garden, raised in East Winston. Graduated from North Forsyth High School in 1979, left there, went down to Pfeiffer College for a couple years, left Pfeiffer College, came back home. Um, father told me two grown men couldn't live in the same house with one woman. Told me to find a job since I didn't finish school. And uh, started working in Kmart, right. Code 39, as I was sharing with you earlier. Yeah. Cold 39, clean the spills, stock the shelves, clean the bathrooms, brought the carts in from outside. Kmart on Peter's Creek. Helped the old little yeah, old ladies. That, that's yeah, helped the little. But you know what? Mm -hmm. The Kmart, which is now Gabe, the little old lady that I was helping changed my life, right. which was Barbara Fultz, who was the city personnel uh, uh, specialist for the city of Winston Salem. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she would come in the store every Friday, Barbara Fultz. Um, and. Um, she would, young man, can you come and help me? And I would say, yes, ma'am. And so I would grab the little red basket, put it on my arm, and walk around the store with her while she got her household goods. And she would ask me questions like, uh, what do you want to do with yourself? And she would ask me these same questions every week, every week. And then finally, you know, she said, I want you to come see me. And I said, come see you where? She put out a card, and I said, wow, she's a city uh, personnel uh, specialist. Right. I went to see her. She told me that uh, the, the fire department was hiring. At that time, Chief Le Lester Irving was the fire chief. And I said, I didn't want to be a fireman, ma'am. I want to be a police officer. It's always been my goal. Right. And she said, I'll tell you what, we'll get you in. George Sweat was the police chief then. George Sweat. Yeah. <clears throat> That's right. Now, okay, so were you PSO at that point? PSO. We came in as PSO. Nobody knows what that yeah. is nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, Lou Powell was there momentarily. Right. And uh, Sweat took Powell's place. Right. And so... Uh, I started my career at the Winston Salem Police Department in 1984. Right. Yeah, 84. Okay. And uh, spent the first couple of years uh, working there. And then um, there was a fire at uh, Northside Shopping Center. Okay. I don't know if you were here then. Uh, Northside Shopping Center uh, kind of burnt down right there where Cahill and Swings is. I don't remember that one. Yeah. The one I remember <clears throat> was the, the uh, Banbury one. No, no, no. Northside okay. North caught on fire. Okay. And... Uh, I got shocked real bad, and so uh, I ended up working in the fire department mm -hmm. for uh, Chief Irvin wow. uh, as the assistant fire marshal. Okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, did that for a couple of years. Chief Hollis came in as the fire chief out of uh, uh, Irving, right. and uh, I said, you know, I need to go back to school, and so I enrolled over at High Point uh, University. Met uh, Dave Holt, who was the registrar. Um, we hit it off well, and I ended up going back to High Point, graduated from there. Uh, once I finished and got my undergraduate degree, uh, I applied for probation parole, uh, North Carolina State probation parole. Right. Got hired, worked there as a probation officer, uh, then decided I wanted to go back to graduate school. And um, while in school, graduate school, uh, the federal government was hiring agents then. They had had a freeze for years. and. Uh, Clinton came in and lifted the freeze, uh, President Clinton. I got hired, went to Quantico, 
Uh, graduated from Quantico. My first duty assignment as a special agent was Detroit, Michigan. I was assigned to Detroit Field Division for several years. Uh, Our paths cross again. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where I was born. <clears throat> really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I actually uh, live right there in Farmington Hills, come, right. coming down the South Field every Rochester. day down the, down the Lodge uh, Freeway into yeah. the city, uh, right there on Howard Street. Uh, worked there for several years. Uh, then I was sent to uh, Atlanta for the 96 Olympics. Okay. Uh, I was down there in Atlanta for the 96 Olympics. Uh, from there, they sent me back to Detroit. Um, then I applied to be a part of what is called the FAR Group, Foreign Operations Group, uh, specialized unit within uh, DOJ. Uh, they sent me to language school to learn Spanish. Spanish is my second language. Mm -hmm. And so I lived in uh, Roslyn, Virginia while in language school. After that, they shipped me to uh, Puerto Rico, the DR, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, where I lived for uh, a couple of years, uh, just moving around in the Caribbean, doing some amazing things. And, uh, and we're going to hear stories about some of this. Ah, what you're allowed uh, to tell ah, And what, what department was that in? Because we, we haven't said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I um, retired, came back here uh, right before 9-11, and... Uh, when 9-11 uh, occurred, uh, at the time, we didn't have air marshals. Mm -hmm. uh, it was basically non-existent. And so they put agents on the planes until they can build that unit up. Right. So for a whole year, I was on planes. Every other day, I was flying to a different part of the United States. And is, you're a single dad at this time? No, 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 no. no? I'm, no, no, no. I'm, married, I'm married with kids at this time. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And so... Uh, my uh, wife, I mean, she was mother and father. Right. Because I was gallivanting, working here, there, all over the country. there's got to be someone on the plane. Somebody, exactly. Right. All, all over the country, all over the world. And so uh, in 2002, uh, they reassigned me to the Greensboro resident office mm -hmm. uh, in Greensboro. And uh, that's where I remained until I retired in 2016. Right. But uh, in 2005... Uh, God called my wife home, she passed, and uh, that was a defining moment in my life. And so I retired in 2016 and decided, okay, what do I do now with myself? Right. Well, Because um, you weren't done. No, I wasn't done. I, I still had a lot left in me. Uh, I wrote my first book called Surviving the Stop. Basically, uh, at that time, in 2016, you know, we were having a lot of interactions with police shootings and uh, civilians, right. motorists. And so I thought, you know what, I would share my story and what I think would help motorists survive the stop. Mm -hmm. And we titled the book Surviving the Stop, right. uh, put it out, uh, started marketing. Uh, it was an Amazon bestseller for a while. And then I wrote the second book, Beyond Midnight, mm -hmm. uh, which I entitled Midnight Being a Metaphor for Difficult Time, Dark Places in Your Life. Uh, and I wrote that book sharing and being transparent about my life, some of the mistakes I made in life, wishing I could have been a better husband. I, I felt I needed to share. That was therapy for me. Uh, and so um, I retired in 16 and uh, was doing some consultant work with uh, Judge Glenda Hatchett, uh, an attorney. She was handling police shootings and things like that. And then I decided, hey, you know, uh, met some people. Um, a campaign manager, um, uh, Cindy, um, um, Cindy Frazier, um, met a few other people and decided, uh, uh, Ellison, that I was going to run for the office of the sheriff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, as always in life, people will tell you what you can't do, what you shouldn't do, and what you can't do. You got to learn for yourself. And you got to learn for yourself. I prayed about it. Um, you know, and I was amazed at people that um, I thought would support me, who I thought loved me, you know, told me don't do it, this ain't the time, so forth and so on. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, no man can tell another man what he can or cannot do, you know. Yeah. And so God smiled on me and uh, here I am. It was a close one, wasn't it? Uh, you guys, you guys. 10,000. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. It, it a little was, over uh, 10,000 votes we, we won by. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and what people don't know is, is you actually knew Schatzman from oh, yeah. 
back when you were trying to get on with the yeah. FBI. Which so, so, yeah. so, 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 so I, I run into him other times too. Yeah. So, so when I when I applied with the FBI and DEA, I, I met Shossman. I went through their process. Um, Shossman and I met Shossman in '93 when the FBI office was right there off of Gifford College Road, right, right. there where the, the hub used to be a men's clothing store where uh, I guess foreign car Italian, the Porsche right. dealership, all that is now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, have a lot of respect for the yeah. man, still have a lot of respect for him. And um, um, so when I got ready to retire, I introduced the resident agent in charge of DEA. It was replacing you. Who was coming in. Right. I introduced him to Shotsman, and you know me and Shotsman talked, and um, um, I left, and you know, um, one knows I interested in coming to work for him. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I wasn't interested in coming to work. You know, I wanted to retire, and then just in, enjoy life for a minute. And you know, when I got ready to run, what I said to him was that, you know, I'm going to be a gentleman about this. You know, I'll never throw a rock at you. Um, that's just not how I'm going to do or what I'm going to do, because. Uh, we have a lot of the same friends. You know, we, we've traveled in some of the same circles. I could see that if you first day on the job, if you didn't know how to get into the thing, he's somebody you'd call and he'd talk exactly. about. Yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So and I, so, yeah, we talked a lot, you know. Um, you know, if you saw some of the pictures of us on the campaign trail, you see us laughing, mm -hmm. hugged up, whispering this, that, and the other. You know, we talk about, you know, both of us love ties. We talk about how we're dressing and stuff like right. that. And so... Uh, it was a good thing, you know, and so, uh, as I said, you know, the night of the election, uh, when the results came back, and we won, yeah. and so, yeah, and uh, he called me, uh, called the restaurant, we talked, um, transitioned, and we went forward. Well, it's interesting you say the restaurant, because you know that's question number two. Yeah. What's your favorite place to eat in Winston? So, you know, I, I have about... It, I have, you can be political on this because yeah. the mayor said, oh, I eat anywhere. So then it's like, where's the last place you ate? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so I eat a lot of places, right? Well, you're right in the center of downtown. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I love Nobles. Mm -hmm. I love Village Tavern, right. Chick-fil-A, Dario's, uh, Kimono's. You know, my kids love Kimono's. How old is your youngest kid now? 16. 16, okay. So Kimono's. I mean, we yeah. eat some of everywhere. Uh, the place right across the streets, uh, uh, what is it, City Grill downtown. Right. I love uh, the shrimp platter. I love the salad that I get from the Cardinal. Right. I mean, I, I love, me, I eat a lot of places. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, we're, we're so blessed. Uh, we, um, you know, we had an event for the realtors. It was at uh, um, the trophy room the other day. Yeah. And so Adam brought some food over from uh, uh, Jeffrey Adams. Yeah. And it was like, Gosh, and then we've interviewed uh, down at uh, uh, Meridian Market, Meridian, yeah. a good place and stuff. And I mean, we just were. I, I think one of the things that a lot of people talk about is, is Winston does have, you know, I think better restaurants than you'd expect from a city our size. Oh, know? definitely, yeah. definitely. They have a plethora of restaurants. You know, Caraba showed me a lot of love. You know, it's amazing that like certain restaurants, um, like I have to wait two hours to have a seat, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, depending if they're booked, I said, no, I can't wait two hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a lot well, of... Carabas, what's funny about that is it's a national chain. No, Carabas... The guy that owns it is local, and he will do anything he can for you. Love him. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. The guy at uh, uh, Carabas, the yeah. guy at Nobles, yeah. love them. Yeah. Uh, they go out of their way. Yeah, absolutely. For the community. What do you like to do around town? Obviously, um, so I, I, you I, have four kids? I have seven boys. You have seven boys. Yeah, right. I, have, I, I have two in the house now. All the, of them are going but two. The comment was, you don't have a football team, but we think you have a basketball team. Oh, yeah, I got a basketball got team. You got a basketball team. I got, I got a starting five and two subs. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, starting basket, starting five and two subs. Right. Two left at the house. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, so what do you like to do? So um, I love to read. I love to drive. I love to... Ride my bicycle, which I hadn't ridden in a while. What kind of bike you got? Um, what is that in there? Stabler's got Stabler's goes tells me he went and did seventy miles or something one day. That's a little bit too much for me. Nah, nah. Yeah. Uh, what is that bike in my office? Uh, oh, so you got a you got like a Peloton or something? No, no, no. I got a real bicycle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got a trainer. I've ridden it ten minutes now because I'm a little yeah. overweight. It's time. 
Um, but I will tell you, um, let's see, what is it? I have lost seven pounds since Monday, so I've started to eat smart. And uh, Stabler will go out and he'll ride and all that stuff. He goes, why don't you get out on the road? I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. I don't want to hit people. I don't want to get hit by people. I'm fine. It, it's less time. Just get the, get it, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, I, do, I do love to come down here and rent the bikes over near um, uh, uh, Innovation Quarter and stuff and ride down towards Winston. I have to bring State my back. bicycle in here. It's back in the office, right? I pull it out we'll, every we'll night. We'll get it during a break or yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, um, so that's really the top three questions. Yeah. Um, that we start off with. Now, we got a few minutes here. I want to start. Let, let's let's go back to East Winston, all right? Mm -hmm. So you're growing up. You graduate from um, North Forsyth. You said what your dad said to you. You talked about Kmart. Um, all these things, to me, um, shape who you are. Without question. First thing I always, you know, when we met earlier, I mean, I knew, I knew when I met you, you're a Christian. I knew that. And you put a lot of faith in, your, in, in you know, our God. And, um, and so the Lord's blessed you many ways, sir. He has. And, 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 you know, it's all these incidents. So I want to talk about one thing that you did, um, and it should take a few minutes, and then we'll take a break and come back. And that is, when you were elected, you did something that no one ever does. Um, usually it's everyone in the sheriff's department supports the sheriff. The sheriff doesn't get elected. You come in, and everyone that helped you throughout your campaign is suddenly put into positions and stuff like that because that's just the way politics works a lot of times. How many people of Schatzman's staff did you demote Take pay away from, um, now when I say demote, I'm saying like, you know, cut them down or whatever, because I know some people were like the number two guy may not be the number two guy, but you didn't cut pay, you didn't do anything. No one left. No. See, here's why? the thing. You know, That's unusual. So tell them about you and why you make that decision. Politics work style. like that. That's because people allow it to work like that. What I realize is that people's jobs are connected to their families, how they pay their bills, um, how they sustain their lifestyle. I uh, haven't always had, have not. You want uh, to tell that story and then we'll finish the story after the break? You want to tell why the, the story yeah, about yeah, yeah. in Kernersville? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I, I, I haven't always uh, been amongst the have. I've been a have not. Uh, don't look like what I've been through. Uh, past used to say that all the time. You don't have to look like what you've been through. And so coming into this position, um, I never want to call someone a hardship. I never want to be looking in the mirror and say, I fired that man. For what reason? What did he do to deserve that? Nothing. How do I look at myself for releasing a man because he don't believe in my politics or he or she didn't vote for me? Right. You know, I, 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 I told everyone on the campaign trail, what do you want? You want a Republican sheriff, a Democratic sheriff, an independent sheriff, or you want a good sheriff? Right. That's what you want. All the other stuff is just adjectives that at the end of the day, you know. And so coming into this place is that if you didn't vote for me, I wasn't going to fire you. No. I, I, I wanted to And get, I bet some people were scared, too, because there were some pretty high up people that... Of course, yeah. of course. And I assured them when I came in the building, I walked around to the command staff and said, I, I come to do you no harm. Your family, your job is safe with me. Mm -hmm. right? And I meant that. And I honored that. Right. And so I did that because there was a time in my life when uh, I was eating off the dollar menu. McDonald's was my best friend, the dollar menu. And there was a time when I had to make sure my kids ate before I could eat. You know, uh, there was a time when my pride uh, was bigger than it should have been, you know, and God had a way of humbling me. And I think that what I went through humbled me and prepared me for what God was taking me to. Um, and I tell this story all the time that you couldn't have scripted this at Hollywood. Warner's Brothers, Walt Disney couldn't have produced this down at their studios. They couldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. It had to be God. You know, in 2005 when my, life, when my wife passed, my life changed. It was a defining moment for me. Mm -hmm. It was a defining moment for my kids. Uh, and it was a financial hardship to the point to where we lost our home at 205 Oakmont Park Court. We built it from the ground up, designed it. We lost it. And you know what? Who would have thought that the same agency that served the papers on me knocked on your door 
Somebody paid the money, knocked on your door to evict you. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that the same agency that I sit here now as a sheriff, you couldn't have scripted that. And then here's the other piece to that is, is that, is that God has given me double for my troubles. Mm -hmm. He has raised me to a place to where I have more than I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. He has blessed me beyond my imagination. And that is why during the COVID, you know, people say, well, your leadership sometimes reflects where you've been. Mm -hmm. And so during COVID, when they were evicting people, you know, I was the first one statewide that stood up and said, we shouldn't be doing that. Reached out to Chief Justice Beasley at the time, superwoman, phenomenal woman, and she stopped the evictions. People, landlords were saying, well, why did you do that? Because I know what the people who are being evicted feel like. Everybody's not paying their bills, is not paying them because they don't want to. Some of them are paying because they can't. I understood that. Right. Life happens, right? Life will beat you sometime to a place to where you don't want to wake up. You don't want to see people. You don't want to interact. I've been one of those people, you know, and I talked about it in my book, Beyond Midnight. You know, there are three kinds of people. Those are going into something, in something, coming out, and then there's a fourth kind, a group that don't make it out. Sometimes they become overtaken by the situation and it takes them into a situation of depression and they kill themselves, they hang themselves, they become uh, alcoholics, addicts, and so forth. And so while I didn't drink, I didn't use drugs, my mental capacity was dwindling because of the situation that I was in. in I was beating myself in here, yeah. right? To the point to where I contemplated maybe I'm better off my kids are better off if I accidentally drive off the bridge, right. you know? You know, and, right. and all, I mean, then they get the money. They get the, all, all these things go through your head. Right. But what I said to myself and what I prayed to God was that, God, if you get me through this, every time I open my mouth to stand before your people, I will always recognize you and give you praise for what you've done for me and what you brought me through. And anybody will tell you, anytime I've spoken publicly, I will tell you there are four things that I always say. I'd be remiss if I didn't give thanks to the author of my life and the makers of the heavens and earth for what he's doing, done, and may not even do in my life. And that's a promise that I made to God that because I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for me. You know, I, I tell people this all the time, and they'd say, yeah, you're crazy, right? But the morning of the election, the morning of the election, I had about 300 signs that I had not put out, okay? Yeah. I started right there in front of Parkland High School, follow this, and I started putting signs in the medium from Parkland High School all the way out to Yorkshire, like going toward Wake Forest on Silas Creek. You with me? I know exactly where it is. Okay. I used to live there. Okay. Well, as I'm heading toward Wake Forest, it's about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Check the weather report. And I noticed, and I thought I was asleep or tired or dreaming because I hadn't been to sleep. I was by myself. I pulled over on the side of the road to put a sign down in the medium. This is 4 o'clock in the morning. When I got out, I could see it raining on one side of the street, the traffic that's headed toward the mall on the side of the street. Don't you tell me this. It's raining. It's raining like cats and dogs. But it's not raining it on, it hadn't crossed over. And I thought I was dreaming, so I walked across the street to Got get away. wet, yeah. came back, sat in the hatch of my car, and I started crying. Because that morning was the election. Yeah. And I had been saying, God, give me a sign. What That's is, a pretty good one. What is, what's going to happen? Give me a sign. At 6.30... Bishop Neil Ellis called me from the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Bishop Neil Ellis, he's the prelate bishop of Global Fellowship. Mm -hmm. At seven o'clock, at seven o'clock, I got a call from Bishop McCarter, right? I went home, took a shower, got dressed, and went to the barber shop. I told my barber, right? 
Bailey at the time was my barber, Bailey's her creation, right there on 311. I said, give me a sheriff victory cut. Cut me nice and tight, is what I told him. That's his whack what I told him, right? I left the barbershop and I just started floating around to different precinct voting sites. Wave and you had people standing out there. Exactly. All right, hold on. We got to take a break. Sure. Right. So we'll take a quick break. Put up the uh, website for sheriff's department here, and then we'll come back and, and talk more to you. Okay? Yeah. Right. Welcome back, everybody. Here with Sheriff Kimbrough, and I'm afraid that if we didn't have this scheduled, sir, that you and I would talk for hours because we have a lot of... Yeah. Yeah, so here's where I used to live, coming down the hill when this moment happened. Yeah. When you come underneath the bridge... Exactly. On the right-hand side's the police trap. Yeah. All right? Well, I say trap, but yeah. My, my dad graveled it so the police... I'd be out shooting hoops, so yeah. you're over, we're shooting hoops, and all of a sudden a police car would pull in, and all my friends were like, what the heck's this? Yeah. And they'd wave at me and turn, and then to go put the drop that... Drop three tires off and then they'd be gone. It's like, what was that? That's, you know, we don't care. That's so. My dad actually put a little uh, uh, gravel turnaround in there because I was going to eventually start parking there. But more importantly, so the police could come. So in. you know exactly what I'm talking. I know about. exactly where you're talking about. Right there at the bottom where it hollers out. Exactly. Hollers out. There's the park horse over here, Schaffner Park. There it is. And so, you know, we get the hind tight. We're at home. Um, you shower and then. You have to do what you have to do, which is, and I ran for office in Louisville, yeah. totally different. You have to run and you got to wave and, and talk to people and thank people for coming out. Cause I did. There's nothing worse than standing on that concrete for any amount of time asking people to vote for who you believe in and being told, no, thank you. Yeah. But and you so, got to do it. Yeah. So I, I did just that. I, I went around to a few places. I went to uh, went out to Glenn High School and uh, Brad was out there, Stanley. Mm -hmm. uh, he and I talked. Uh, I told him, you know, appreciate everything, right. and uh, I kept going on. Then I went down to uh, right there below uh, Parkland, the fire station there, Griffin Fire Station, all the way out uh, near the Bojangles, almost like going into Davidson County. Right. Uh, stood out there, saw some people. Almost to the K&W. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, or no, further past Further that. past K&W. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Down past um, Bojangles. Almost to, yeah. Wow. To the line. Yeah. So then... Now, Brad Stanley was like the number two person with Shotsman. He was. And is he retired now or is he still here? He retired last week. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he, he, he had stayed. had his job the whole time. He did. He was good at what he did. Very good yeah. at what he did. Um, now, you and I disagree on something. Yeah. This doesn't usually happen on Camel well, That's Jack. fine, yeah. I don't agree with you how quickly you stop the evictions. Yeah. And you know why. Yeah. So I'm involved with uh, the Realtors Association. Uh-huh. And... The one thing that we both have is we love by we're, we're servant leaders. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, sweeping the broom. Yeah. You got to learn it all. But um, we're forget with, with what you did. You forgot about an aspect of the community. It's not that you forgot about it because we already talked about it. Right. Explain what we should be doing for the landlords that aren't getting paid the rent right now. Well, you know, there's several ways. There's enough funding that coming from the federal government that that could have been given to the landlord right. on behalf of the tenant, right? Right. as opposed to the tenant having to present itself, get the money, stop the money from going there. It could have been saying, okay, fill out the form what the landlord is owed, mm -hmm. the federal government was, that was sending the money in through the COVID relief. That could have went directly to the landlord. We're all on the same page. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's not happening. I, oh, I, oh, I know that. Yeah. I and, know that. Um, and, and, it's, it's, and what's happening is... is Departments are getting it. We've been on the phone. So this this last week is was Realtor Leadership Week in North Carolina, where we meet. So we've met with uh, uh, Jeff Zinger. Okay. Um, uh, I'm his what's called a SPC, State okay. Political Coordinator. So I call Jeff when we have issues. I got another one, and when I say his name, you're not allowed to shake your head or anything. Yeah. Okay? Paul Lowe. Okay. You know, Pitt Center Lowe. Yeah. Yeah, he's asked him three times if they can fire the guy that they assigned to him. He, but I love Paul. We yeah. Talk, yeah, we're, we're good I love friends. him. He's a good yeah, guy. No, he's a great guy. I'm just he is, yeah. So Jeff and, and, and Paul were in on these talks, and we're, you know, we're talking about everything right now. Well, we've now transitioned to this is National Leadership Week. So, you know, we'll go in and we'll meet with um, uh, Patrick McHenry, McHenry is where I'm at. Yeah. So you're my, you're my um, policing officer. So I live in Clemens. 
but not in either of the two municipalities. So I'm right. in Forsyth County. Right. Um, so when I have an issue, I'm calling you. You guys are coming out. We live right off of Styrus Ferry Road. Yeah. Um, but we can't be in Louisville. Right. We can't be in Clemens. Right. And so, um, you know, it is, uh, it's a very interesting thing to where you are with this because once you got elected, um, you know, you serve at the will of the people. Without but question. But then you have to go to these people um, and, and, and work with them as well, too. So, I mean, you've got a dear friend of mine, Dudley, that you work with. Of course. And then you have, you know, it's Dudley has the worst job in the world. It takes a majority to hire him and one to fire him. Because yeah. after a while, if they're sick of hearing about someone complain about somebody, so they all just say, well, let's just get somebody new. But, you know, we were on with Zinger, and then Paul was late because... Trey Mayo was down there talking to him. So I'm texting Trey going, what are you doing, man? You're making my, him meet late for my meeting. So I'm going to go get... But you have three people that really work together with you and the police chief and the fire chief and you. Oh, yeah. And you all rely on each other. It's like it's almost like the armed forces. You know, the army comes in and says, hey, you know, 30% of the land's covered by that, so we should get 30% of the budget. Right. The Navy says 70% with us and the Marines, and then the Air Force goes, excuse me, how much do I get? Yeah. So... You guys all have to work together. That's true. So now let's dive into you've been elected. What are your goals for the sheriff's department? Because I know we're having policing things all going on, and we'll get into some of that, which you've told me, ask me any question. Yeah. I know that. So, yeah. so, so tell me what's going on with policing. So, 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 my thing and is, your goals. so my thing is, and my goals for, for, for the sheriff's office is that, and you, you hit it on the head, the sheriff is elected, right. not selected. The sheriff is elected by the people every four years. Right. Every four years, the people can fire me yeah. if they choose to, right? And so I answer to the people in God. Yeah. That's who my boss is, the people. And that's how I live. I want, this can't be a divided county. It can't be the city, the county, the north, the south, the east, and the west, because like the Air Force, all of that sits in my atmosphere. Right. The city sits inside the county. Right. So the resources that I give to the city or to the county, I have to be able to at least give something to the city because city taxpayers pay county taxes. Mm -hmm. I mean, excuse me, city dwellers right. pay county taxes, right? 75 cents? Exactly. So as a sheriff, I have to be mindful of everything that's going on. You know, the Constitution says the sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer in that county, right. period, right? And so... What I see the vision of the sheriff's office is to be a bridge maker for the city, the county, an ambassador of goodwill, bring all those things together. My vision and my legacy is that when I'm gone, I want people to say he came, he made it better than it was before he got here. We have more uh, officers, deputies working in this county than we've ever had in the history since 1852, since Isaac Church was appointed as the first sheriff. We have more coverage than you've ever had in this county. We have more diversity. We are more progressive than any other sheriff's office in this state, right? We have technology that is never had here. I was going to ask about yeah. that. Yeah. We, we, we are literally second to nobody sheriff's office in this state. Did you guys just do new all new radios or you're working towards all new exactly. radios? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We have... We, we have Put in the budget. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have done some amazing things right. because the people of this county deserve that. This is the fourth largest county in the state of North Carolina. There's Mecklenburg, there's Wake, there's Gifford, then there's Forsyth, right? And the people of this county deserve the best that we can give them. And that is, that is how I live it every day. I'm going to give them the best service possible, the best technology, and the best service. And the only way I can do that is every day... I've got to see how do we become better than yesterday. Right. Well, one way that you do it, which has blown me away, is, and, and I don't think a lot of people understand all this stuff. So I have a friend. I actually, you don't even know this, I was one of his background checks, and they still gave him a job with the um, SBI. So I went to Danny's graduation. <laughs> so, um, but Danny retires from SBI because they're going to kick him out. Maze, yeah. Right? Because you can't. Be there past a certain right, amount. and so you guys, this is, it's it's so wonderful. If someone retires, you can go get them because that's a state job, 
and you're a county job. Exactly. So you're able to provide Danny, who didn't want to retire, the ability to come in here. Of and course. you've got someone that has white-collar background interview skills now making sure you're getting the right people to come in Without to question. And you're doing that everywhere. Without question. And that's one of the things that when we came in and we looked at what was happening here, we realized that the number of deputies to patrol this county was way under what the data say we should have. Right. But the thing was, we couldn't get people to come work here. We couldn't get those numbers up. So how do we do that? We do that by rebranding. We do that by making it appealing to come work here. We do that by saying, you know, this is not a place where we're going to put our thumb on you. This is a place where we're going to grow you. We're going to give you an opportunity, what we believe to be one of the, the best law enforcement agencies in, in the state, to be a part of that. We do that by putting forth what we call uh, those things that we talk about, those pillars that we stand on, that's integrity, uh, that's transparency. All of those things, that's the things that we build every day. Every week here, every Monday morning, we start off command meeting with prayer. When I came in, people thought that was crazy, right? And I said, you don't have to pray if you don't want to. Just don't interrupt us while we're praying. Right. So we sit in the, in, the, in the big room in there, and the chaplain, uh, Davis, Glenn Davis, leads us in prayer, right? You don't have to pray, but just don't talk while we're praying, while he's speaking. See, I'm a master mason. Okay, you're a traveling man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. And we open the we open a book up. Yeah. And if you're if you're not a, a Christian, we open both books up. You know, we got the Quran there. For exactly. Exactly. And what we do is we all pray to one person up there. Exactly. It may be different from from person to person. Exactly. And and I can already tell this. If you had someone in here that said, you know, hey, I want to pray uh, to Muhammad. Or That's fine. Friend, you know what you'd do? You'd have that prayer too. Yeah. yeah. So so we, we do it. Gotta represent. Exactly. Yeah. So we do that every 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 we're more diverse than we've ever been here. Right. We have more diversity here in this sheriff's office than we've ever had. Right. Right? And I think that by doing that, God has given us favor. We have favor here that I'm I'm gonna never imagine. We have county commissioners here that I think love us. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that we ask the county commissioners for, basically, if we, we can explain it and justify it. They usually go with us on it. Well, what's interesting? I love my commissioners. They they, they 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 take care of me. And I think that that they do love you too. Um, I love them. I think that that one thing that has been interesting to me is, and it's changing. As I told you, I'm friends with Dudley. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with Trey. Yeah. And and you know, um, what what I would say is is we're getting away from the I don't want to work for the fire department because I can make more money in Charlotte. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to go be a police officer in Greensboro, you know, because I can do well here with yeah. Chief Thompson and then now with the sheriff as well, too. I mean, you know, you guys are, are rebranding it and, and we're paying the wages that we exactly. have to. Exactly. Got to be competitive. Um, yeah. And the taking the car home is Got to nice. be competitive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and what's finally happened is, and, and is, is I'm a proponent of this when I've been involved in leadership, is you have to be a worker person. Exactly. What I mean by that is, is you have a commission, you have a group of commissioners now that understand the worker, and you have to support the worker until you know there's a reason not to. But I mean, if I just asking to take the car out of the county or stuff like that, or out of the city, remember, right. you had to stop the police car right there. Yeah, yeah, you no, remember, yeah. It's, it's two more miles home. Come on, yeah. Really, how, how crazy well, well, is that? Really crazy, right? Yeah. So, but think about this. The real estate business has changed since you entered it years ago. That's my next question. Right? To you, it has changed, yes, right? right? Law enforcement in every profession on the planet is constantly changing. How has it changed since you get in? That was my next question. Oh my gosh, it's changed in many ways. You figured when I entered law enforcement in 1984, there was no 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 cell phones, iPhones, there was no uh, internet, iNet, all the capabilities that we have now. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. How long take for you to write a report? <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you had to write it, then go to PSC, then type it. And all yeah, oh my God, you got to get the paper out, you got to put some carbon paper between it and yeah. all of the crazies. Hope you don't get it on your pants and all this stuff like that, right? right? Technology has changed. The way the perpetrators commit crimes, they become more sophisticated in how they do them. They become more layered in how they do it. They become more violent. There's so many things that have changed as it relates to law enforcement from 1984 to 2021, and you have to stay progressive. If you don't, oh, everybody has one now, a cell phone, iPhone, 
Everybody's recording you. And, and we'll talk about that after this break. That has changed. That has changed the world. Yeah. Right. The ability to connect as quickly, moments all over the world. We can go live right now and be seen everywhere. Right. And so I think that you have to be progressive in order to stay relevant. If you don't, if you're not progressive, you won't be relevant. You'll be irrelevant. And so one of the things that we have prided ourselves on is that being a part of this community. You know, we have what I call community credibility. Right. You know, several months ago, a year ago, you know, we had the John Neville situation. I was going to ask that after the That's break. Fine. I figure we'll go into that. That's fine. You had seven counties in this state, large, the, the seven largest counties. All seven of them, with the exception of one, had riding and all kind of stuff, right? right? Except for one. We've only had it happen one time. It was after, it was as we got close to that, after Floyd, where they went down on the street. I remember my mother-in-law was here, and we were talking about going to a Panthers game, and we didn't go because they were on the highway in Charlotte. Right. But what I'm saying was that we didn't have windows broken. We didn't have people uh, riding on the sidewalk, the craziness that they had in Charlotte and some of the other larger cities, right? Mm -hmm. And even cities smaller than us. And we accredit that is that, we had community credibility. And you were down on the corner talking to people. We were down on the corner talking to people. Right. We were walking with them. We were inviting people into this office, into this space, having conversation with them. And that is because I believe that a law enforcement agency in the 21st century has to be accessible. But we have to give you the tools to do your job. And you've got to give us the tools to do the job. And transparency, and transparency is key. comes at a point. It does. We're going to take a break. Let's do it. We'll talk about that. We'll be right back with uh, the sheriff and talking about transparency, all of the things that are transpiring over the world, and how he wants to keep Forsyth County and its citizens safe. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, during the break, as you'll see in the picture that uh, uh, you just saw, uh, Sheriff showed me his specialized bike. And uh, so uh, you really ride that a lot? I do. Hmm. Yeah. So I had a knee replacement a couple years ago, so I, had, I don't ride as much. Uh, Ortho Carolina gave me a whole new knee. <laughs> I just got the shoulder in the center yeah. and worked on that. So yeah. It's, it's amazing how different it is. It, it is. Right? So let's talk about transparency. Let's because, go. You know, um, I always talk with my guests beforehand and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing softball questions. And you told me that you did not allow that. You wanted real questions. I don't like softball questions. Right. So transparency. We've got John Neville. Yes. Right? Um, as people may or may not know, you were over the uh, jail as well, right? So it, um, I have a question I want to ask, but it's not, and I'll ask that in a minute. So being over the jail... You now have some new firms coming in because they, they weren't able to you know, just tell everybody what's going on. And then so basically, I want to talk about body cam footage because sure, I think sure, it's important sure, sure, to realize sure. that you have to have that analyze any footage right. to support cases, to, right. you know, to protect right. the victims as well as right. everyone right. before. But go ahead. Right. So health care is not decided by the sheriff's office. Okay. I don't choose who the health care provider is. I don't. WellPath was the healthcare provider before we ever came here in right. 2017. When I came here in 2018, WellCare, uh, WellPath was already here. Okay, and so WellPath has been here. When I came in the door, I originally wanted to get with a uh, WellPath. Okay. Um, I spoke with some people. I said I don't want to speak to the regional director. I want to see the CEO. Right. The CEO showed up with his whole team. And we began building a suit. And I always give this analogy. Healthcare is like a tailor-made suit versus buying one off the rack. Buying one off the rack is standard size, 44 long is what I am. But every now and then when I have a few extra coins and I can afford a tailor-made suit, it fits me totally different. It looks different. Healthcare is the same way. Healthcare in Guilford is not the same healthcare in Forsyth or Mecklenburg. We have tailor-made the health care in Forsyth County Detention Center, i.e., you have paramedics in there now. You never had that before. You never had that, okay? The 
increase the number of staffing. You never had that. So we built that health care from day one to what it is now. Of course, there was an incident. The world knows about it, okay? This year, the bid went out. They got a different bid. The people that won the bid is NAVCARE, okay? For two years, thank God the commissioners gave it to us this year, I've been asking for a mental health unit inside the detention center because detention centers across America have become the placing ground for those with mental health illness. There's a certain percentage of people that go into detention centers that have mental health issues. And all that does is exacerbates the issues if you have exactly confinement. Okay, so we have a new health care provider. Okay. And what I said yesterday, the comment that I made in the paper was that uh, I'm hopeful, prayerful, they will increase and keep the same standard of care better uh, than what it had. And we accept what the commissioners voted that we have. We accept that. Look forward to working with them. But I don't have a vote in that. I don't get to say I want you, 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 or you to be the health care provider. That's totally out of my wheelhouse. So with all this, when an incident happens, we all see what we want to see. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, some people are going to see one incident one way, others another way, and others another way. So, I mean, you know, if, if it's a... Um, a female, a lady may look at it different than a man, you know, I mean, or whatever. Race, this person's perceptions becomes race, their reality. Race, color, national origin, age, familiar status, sex, gender, yeah. you know, all, all of that. Of course. And so how do you, as the sheriff, uh -huh. work with, I mean, I know that, I mean, you communicate with the, the families and things that of are course. going on. And, I mean, how, that's got to be the worst aspect of your job. That was one of the worst aspects of my job. Uh, you know, I've, I've told people several times, I talked with Sean the day of, right? right? Sean is the son. Right. Uh, talking the day of. I think that um, we were transparent from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point in time, years from now, uh, when all is said and done, uh, you know, we'll have a conversation. Um, you know, sometimes perception becomes your reality, but the reality is different from your perception. Uh, we in this office have been nothing but transparent. We in this office have been nothing but righteous. And at some point in time, you know, uh, I'm probably going to have that conversation openly just to let people know, you know, you have no clue of what this office has done for the people. You have no idea uh, what this office has been to the people. What blows me away is, is and, and this happened recently in a meeting that I was in, is someone went above and beyond to be transparent. Something that could have been passed by a smaller or, uh, side of the organization but said, hey, let's send this out to everyone. And then it was turned around and said, why are we just getting this now? Exactly. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing that... that, 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 that we could have investigated that ourselves. Right. You do know that, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The law says Internal. Exactly. Right. The law says that, right? I don't think I would have done that if I were you, which you didn't. And I didn't. Right. Right? I mean, and I'm I sure didn't. you checked into it, but that's, it, 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 you've got to get more Listen, of the chain. At know? the end of the day, what so I'm going to, really at the end of the day, what I'm going to live by what is right, what is moral, what is legal. Because at the end of the day, because I've, I've got to look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've got to be able to say at the end of the day, I did the right thing. Not the black, not the white, not the political thing. I did the right thing. And that's how I live my day. And when I walk out of here every day, and when my term is up, hope God gives me four more years, and I walk out of here in four more years at the end of the two terms that, I, that I've asked God for, that I walk out of here intact knowing that I have done the right thing. Right. And the person that comes behind me after two terms, that he or she continues to do the right thing. And I have left this place better than it was before I got here. We know it's better than it was before we got here. We right. know that the stats, the data, 
every instrument you use to measure it will show that now. Right. And so I'm at peace because we have done the right thing. How do we change policing? Because I fear this get rid of policing. You can't, you can't, the society, listen to this. I had a conversation with, 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 with Mr. James yesterday, the other day, Paul James, who's the public, who is the public defender, right? Right. right? Brilliant man, brilliant, brilliant. He's a walking black law dictionary, right? He, he is brilliant, I think, anyway. That's my personal opinion. And he and I was having this conversation about policing, abolish the police. De That's silly conversation. That is foolish conversation. The society that you and I live in right now, here in the United States of America, you could not live without law and order. You could not. You can't show me no matrix that you could. You can't show me no situation. Because let's say you left, you married. I see the ring on your hand, right? You left for work today. Your wife left for work today, right? Let's say me and some more guys decide, you know what? That house is empty today. We're going to move into that house. That house is now mine. You left it empty. Possession of law is empty. It's mine. I got it. There's no police. So you come home now, and me and my family say, hey, this house was empty this morning, and we decided to come in here and occupy it, right? Right. There is no law and order. What do you do? What's your recourse? Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't... Um uh, you don't want to ask me that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure. I'm get him out of the house. Exactly. Right. And guess what? What you're trying to get him out of the house with, they're going to be trying to keep you from coming in the house with. So you got an all out. But, but you can't, you see, now you're going to know a little bit about me. I can't force them out of my house with a gun unless escalation of forces come to the point that allows me to feel and fear my life. But if they refuse to let yes, you... Yes, I, I do have that in my pocket, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if they refuse to come out of your house, what do right. you do? Who do you call if you can't call law enforcement? Well, I wait for them to leave, I guess. But see, that's where we go here. In New York City, when they're talking about changing things and only sending, like, uh, mental health workers, so, how so, many people are going to die before they realize that's not... A ton. Work? So let's... i give you an example. Right. give you an example. As recently as... Boone, North Carolina. No, before Boone, right. I'm gonna give you one recent in the Boone. Right. Let's go back to Wednesday. Right. Right here on Lachlan Avenue. Right. right? Call comes in. Man and beat some people up, or somebody saying the man is disturbed inside of the house, right? right? You send a caseworker, right? Yeah. And what happens? Uh, we are gonna be Exactly. Exactly. And then here's the thing. If you wanna do that and say, well, we're gonna pair them up together. You can't do that unless you increase the funding, right? right, to train somebody. We have an ER doctor that I'm probably ahead of myself that Baptist gave us to physically train BLET. We have an ER doctor that has went through BLET that will actually be, we'll be one of the first to do this, that they have, we worked out a partnership. He'll actually be on the streets right. patrolling, right, in tangent with us, right? But let's say a call comes in. And here's the thing, you don't know what the call is when it comes into communication. It could be unknown trouble. What are you seeing? Who are you seeing? Right. And the worst call is a domestic disagreement. Domestic dis disturbance. Because my wife may hate me at that moment, but when you start to touch me, she's is not she, going to like it. Is she ain't going to like you. Right. Right? It could be welfare check in uh, Watauga County. Welfare check. So who do you send on the welfare check? Who would you send based on this matrix? You would send a caseworker. You send a social worker, right? Yeah. And you send a social worker, and guess what happens? We're reading about it. And, Sheriff, when I go to a lockout, yes. do you know what I do? I stand behind your car while they're up there working because they're trained. So what would you what do? what was it over off of uh, near the old... They, Exactly. The, gun in front of, the lady pushed the gun out in front of her face and shot and killed a realtor exactly. 20 years ago. So, so, so when you start talking about, well, we don't need the police or abolish police, our society has moved so far to where it's no way we could function without law and order. It's no way. I've wrecked my brain trying to figure out how do we do that? How do you do that? Well, when, I, I, when, 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 when every other person has whether they have a legal gun or a legal gun, has a firearm. Right. So how, how do you navigate in a society where law and order is absent? 
How do you do that? Well, I think you've got to do some of the stuff like with Shaquille O'Neal and some of the NBA stars if you've got someone like that or even just, a, you know, where you're playing ball with the kids. In the, in, you in got to get into the community. you got to be in the community. Right. That's a given. But you got to have law enforcement. You can't defund them. Right. Think about it. You run your household on a certain budget, and I come in and say I'm going to defund some of the money. Right. You couldn't function at the same level. You think about Fortune 500 companies. I'm going to defund them. They couldn't function at the same level. You can refund, increase the budget, and give some money some other places and do that. That would be great. But you can't take away because most law enforcement agencies are already functioning at minimum level of what they need. You want better officers? You want better training? That costs money. You want high-speed technology? That costs money. Right? He's 15 years old. Exactly. His dad will never have the same conversation that you had with yours. Never. 16-year-old kid going out to drive. You wrote a whole book on it. Exactly. How do we change that? So, you know, I, I say this all the time. I, there are some things in, in our society that has happened that we haven't went back and fixed. We haven't, we haven't mined the gap. There are some gaps in our society that has come forward through generation to where we still see a population, black and brown people, is not equal. We see them as less than. And how I see you will determine how I treat you, what I do for you, and what I will do to you, right? So as a black man, even though I may be the sheriff, I'm still black. I was black when I was a special agent. I was black when I was a police officer. I was black as a child. I may be black when they buried me, right? I could leave this county, and I have left this county, and people don't know who I am. I'm just a black guy driving. I've been in my own county as recently as three months ago, you probably saw the story where a guy was arrested uh, who just cussed me out, drunk, out of his mind, right? Mm -hmm. When my guy showed up, police department, sheriff's office showed up, he stood between them and said, y'all get him. Y'all get him, right? Well, guess what? If we would have been anywhere else in, let's say, small town USA, and, the county line you and, and, and an older white guy, is standing talking to some white deputies and a black guy standing there in sweats, tennis shoes, and a T-shirt. And that guy said, y'all get him. He did this. They probably would have came to see me. Right. But because my guys knew that that was still a sheriff in sweats and tennis shoes and T-shirt on a Friday evening right. in Clemens at the BP gas station, right? Right. He ain't done nothing crazy. Right. That could have been a problem. But the problem the guy made was he saw me as a black guy. Right. He had no idea I was a sheriff. And even when I told him I'm in law enforcement, he still continued to cuss me out. And he was drunk because I didn't want to buy a TV from him. Right. Right? In the back of his, excuse me, in the back of his car, right? Okay. Yeah. He, he, he wanted to cuss me out. Right. Called me every, you know, I'm not going to, no, you're not going to do that to me, right. sir. You know, you didn't almost ran into my car. You didn't ran up on the curb to the to store manager had to come out of the, the gas thing like, what is going on out here, right? So I had to move so I could get out of my car because you didn't pull that close to me. I can't even open the door, okay? Mm -hmm. He didn't see me as somebody equal to them, to him. He didn't see me as when I said, sir, I don't want to buy the TV, sir. I'm a police officer. I, I can't buy anything from you like that. I can't do that. I can't. Nor do I want it, sir. Can you just go on about your business? Then I'm standing there and I smell your breath. I can tell you're drunk. I can tell you're drunk because you just pulled up on the curb, right? And you telling me you're going to make me buy the TV from you? Leave me alone, sir. And then you're going to call me something that I'm not. I'm not ignorant. I'm not a baboon, right. you know? And you're going to talk to me like that? To the point to where the manager of the store calls the police. Calls the police. And then I say, what am I doing out here, you know? I'm the police. I can call myself, right? Right. You know? Probably better you didn't, you know? But I did. Right. And when I call, you know, I say, hey, this is Kimbro. This is 01. Can you send me a, a, a mark unit? And then the guy getting loud, I say, you know what? Just bump him up the code, too, because, you know, if this guy touched me, I don't want the people to say the sheriff out there in the street acting crazy, right? You know? So luckily, they got there. They handled it. The rest of the guy, he was twice his limits of drunk. I mean, he was drunk. 
But guess what? If I would have been anybody else, that man probably would have got hurt. or It could have been an ugly situation. And I realized that. And then that's, again, a tarnish on law enforcement. Exactly. You did nothing wrong. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I understand as a, as a society, we've got to do better. We're in this together. We've got to fix some things. We've got to realize that this dark place that we're in, the, the way out of it is our togetherness. You know what I mean? We've got to address issues that, 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 that are wrong, whether it's in law enforcement. If it's wrong, let's address it. If it's in the private sector, let's address it. If it's us, we got to address the issues that plague us to keep us from being as great as we could be and better than we are. we got to address some issues. The greatest lesson that I ever learned was my first week at Winston-Salem State. Wow. I, as a white man, was taught that I'm supposed to be colorblind. And I was taught that's not true. It's not. I'm supposed to understand what you've been through as a black man. Right. I'm supposed to respect you as a black man. What happened was, it's like someone was talking and somebody stood up and they said, yeah, you know, and, you know, I don't want you to think of me as everyone's the same color. You don't understand what I go through. You don't understand that. And it opened up my mind to see differently. What do we have to do in Winston as we move forward, as we kind of end our show here? Where, how can we take Winston forward? I think, I think here in Winston-Salem and Forsyth County, we're doing a phenomenal job, one of the best places in the world to live. How we keep moving forward is we create a, we create a table where everyone has a voice. The rich, the middle, the poor, the elite. Sit down. We'll address some issues in our community that illiteracy, poverty, all of these things. You're born poor here, you're going to die poor here right now. Pretty much. Yeah, we're one of the we are like the worst county in the United States. Exactly. We've got to address that. That, affect, that affects criminal activity. That affects everything. People got to eat. People got to live. Right? We got to address these issues from a holistic point of view. We've got to sit down at the table and hear the people. That's what we got to do. Right. We got to provide opportunities. That's what we got to do. We got to bring some people to the table that really care. Because at the end of the day, I don't care where you live in this county. I don't care where you live. You will be affected by what's happening here. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. And we've got to address these issues now because the gap is widening. You know, that the, the, the numbers that you're talking about, the 14-year 14, 14 life expectancy in a certain zip code where if you're born there, uh, you got a 14-year life expectancy less than someone living in another part of the county. You're going to most likely got an 80% chance of dying poor, right? You have no upward mobility. That same zip code has the lowest illiteracy, poverty, and so forth and so on. Food, all those sustainable things that we take for granted in certain parts of the county, they don't have there. You have a food line on, uh, on what is it? Uh, MLK, not MLK, uh, New Walkertown. Thank you. Yeah. New Walkertown. Yeah. Where's the other grocery store? You tell me. But I can tell you there's an ABC store there. Yeah. I can tell you there's a malt liquor store there. Well, you know, I can tell you there's a Popeye's there, a McDonald's there. And somebody's usually cooking in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, but there's no, there, there is no, and, and, until we can get, and I don't know, you know, because when, when I was on town council in Louisville, what we, what we would do is, is um, and for all my developer friends who are going to love this, is you plant a tree, you had to have one in every yard. If wow. you put impervious sur surface down, you had to have a walking path. Wow. So every foot of driveway, you have a foot of, you have a foot of gravel or you have that based on that. And where's the, where's the nearest emergency care for that in East Winston? Okay. There's what? Emergency care, health care. Right. And so what I'm saying is, is, do we say now to someone that's wanting to build a grocery store here, can you support a grocery store here? Or can we get, you know, Lowe's, Food Line, Publix and stuff to form a co-op and put it over here? You know? I know we've got, what, uh, uh, Golder Church, Historic Church. Yeah. Someone's trying to buy it and tear it down. Then you got other people who are trying to buy it and turn it back into a church. Which is the better, which, what's the better service there? You got to keep the history where the history is. You got you to. You got to take care of people. It's no question. And I appreciate what you've done for us.
No, you know what? I appreciate you coming and sharing these stories. I think that what you're doing has the ability to change the atmosphere. You know, when you start changing the atmosphere, you have the ability to change outcomes. People like you need to get out and put this message out because hopefully the movers and the shakers, the bean counters, the, 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 uh, the, the flows of the world, the realnesses of the world. It's supposed to be on, flow is supposed to be on. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that can hear this, uh, that can say, you know what, the deli watches, let's do this, let's do that. Uh, the legalities, the, 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 you know, all these folk in here that could put a group of people at the table and make something happen. I have a friend of mine, he's actually my college roommate, and we've talked about this, and uh, I, of course, would, would definitely reach out to you, um, but he, uh, he's at Ernst Young, and he wants to form some sort of a, um, you know, a charity board, et cetera, and I'm encouraging him to come to Winston. I want to get, like, Craig Richardson, who is a yeah. uh, professor from Winston-Salem State, um, and I want to get, you know, people like a Lou Baldwin or a Philip Johnson who are in that property management piece, and you know, get some of the bishops you've talked about yourself or whatever and get them at the table and talk about fair housing and affordable housing. Can we go into a community and try and work with individuals in that community that have businesses in that community to work on the project? That will be Get huge. a lot, et cetera, and stuff like that. But the problem is, is then we get into all of the fees, and that's what makes it not able to be affordable. And so how do we get that and, and things like that? But we've got to come up with a way, and we've got to get... I'm not, I'm not the smart person at the table, but I know that I can reach out to you and you'd come to the table. Without question. And so it's getting the, the situation so everyone comes to the table. And it, it may have to be a Zoom call it, it, you know, to start off with or whatever, but just getting that dialogue going. Um, I know that uh, Love Out Loud, yeah. um, I'm sure you know Nigel Austin's been on the show. Of course. And, and, you know, uh, Mayor out in uh, Clemens John, yeah. uh, Boston's been, yeah. you know, and, and people sit down at Cranky's or wherever and, and have conversations and someone says, well, I'm poor and here's why. And, you know, here's what you're not doing for me or, you know, here's what I thought, you know, because one of the biggest things is, you know, and you went back to my college, um, when someone asks a question, the answer you give them is a reflective of not only you, but who you are and everyone interpretation of who you are. So if you treat me with ill will, you're now a, a black man who's, what you say, 59, and, and you know, I group all, unfortunately we all prejudge group and put all together. together. All together. And you've gotta, you know, we've gotta answer the questions right, but we've gotta hear from everybody too. I appreciate you, man. I think what you're doing here is awesome, and I oh, appreciate it. Thank you. you, thank you, thank you. And I got one more person we got to thank, and that's Jeff Smith. I'm sure you know who Smitty's Notes is. Of course I do. Smitty sponsors our show every once in a while. So really? Thank you, Jeff, for what you do, and uh, thank you, Sheriff. Go Please to sir. Amazon and check out his books. I've got two of them here. This is uh, some quotes you do called Beyond Midnight. Uh, this is the other one, uh, Beyond Midnight, the actual book, Finding Strength in the Struggle. And then the other one was... Uh, surviving the stop. Surviving the stop of being pulled over. Um, this is your sheriff in Forsyth County, Sheriff Bobby Kimbrough. And thank you for watching us on Camel City Chat. We'll have more next week. All the best.